Hello everyone, welcome to the Got A Case of Wanderlust podcast, a show dedicated to all things travel. I'm your host Lydia, and on this episode, you'll hear a conversation between me and another fellow traveler that will hopefully inspire you for your next travel adventure. If you enjoy listening, consider following the show and giving it a rating on Spotify, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. It would mean so much to me. All right, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me, Lydia. Yeah, so TURN as of now takes um, information like where you're going, for how many days, and a bunch of preferences. So if you have little kids or you're traveling with family or it's just a girl's trip and what intention, like honeymoon or spring break. So we take all those preferences um, and we generate a completely personalized itinerary that is editable, shareable. You can add collaborators to um, with links and images and all of that uh, within 30 seconds to about two minutes, depending on the number of days. Um, and we also have like a travel agent within so you can ask further questions if you'd like. Um, like, you know, I, I was just sharing with you like if you're stuck at the airport, how do you get to certain gates or, um, you know, where to stay? So we've really kind of blended in that kickoff point of asking Google what to do. So you can just go to turn along with the Google Docs Notion travel because we built a travel specific editor and we blended the two. So within minutes, you can have a completely shareable itinerary. Yeah, so this was actually back in college. Um, I guess, you know, I'm an army brat. My dad was in the Indian Army, so I traveled all the time, or like moved all the time, I guess. Um, and then in college, I was interning with Microsoft, but on a team that traveled a lot. So I kept feeling this pain point of like, you know, I only had two days and looking at blogs and blogs while you're in the middle of work. So that's when I really got the idea. But Travel tends to be a pretty saturated space. So I kind of put a pin on it. A um, couple of years went by. I, you know, built products at Microsoft. I built my first company. We raised a million for it. So we, you know, went through the whole process. And um, at the end of that, I kept thinking about this product over and over again still. So I finally dove deep and, you know, started building out this travel specific editor first. And the initial idea was, okay, we'll build out the editor and then we'll build on top of it to enable people to collect recommendations and discoveries. But thank God, uh, GPT came around with ChatGPT's uh, advent around November, December. So in March, we launched, we hooked up GPT to our product. We have um, early access um, and priority access because of Microsoft. And we were able to really streamline the process since we already had this editor built out um, and, you know, we were able to add maps to this and anything like weather information, anything that's super travel specific. So 
Um, in its current state, it's a seamless process, but we still want to build it into a form that's a little more flexible so you can uh, not just feel like you're tied down to certain itineraries. That's a great question. So when it comes to sustainable travel, I should also mention I've been slow traveling for the past two and a half years. Um, so definitely I embrace that aspect a lot. So the way I've been using Turn is you can get up to about 31 days recommended to you. But when you're, you know, I'll I'll go to places for, for about two to three months because I really want to work every day and not be disrupted but also really embrace the culture and feel embedded like I'm living somewhere so I basically asked Turn for about 20 to 21 days recommendations and I'm able to like just have a list that I can go off of um, in these cities Yeah, it's it's actually an interesting story because I never intended on slow traveling. It was just something that just happened. So um, it was, you know, I can kind of start at the beginning, but it was August of, I think, 2020. So COVID had hit and we were a couple months in. Um, my lease was ending, my partner and I decided to move in. So we're, you know, my sister had an extra room in Boston. So I put my stuff in storage in SF and I was like, all right, we're going to go live in Boston for a month. That turned into a month and a half. Um, then we were like, hey, we got to pick up. Yeah, he's he's from Wisconsin. So we're like, we'll pick up your car in Wisconsin. And then I was like, oh, actually, we could drive it to South Dakota and Montana. So we just did a month, uh, like a couple of weeks in each of these places. And that turned into a whole year and a half of us just going from city to city. So we did South Dakota, Montana, but then we ended up doing Portland, Seattle, LA, Milwaukee, Madison, Chicago, um, kind of like the whole gamut, like Wyoming. Um, but that was kind of phase one of the travel. And what we were doing was doing only about three weeks to a month, which was getting pretty taxing, not just on both of us, but we also felt we weren't embedding ourselves really well so when we kind of came back to SF took about six to eight months there we want a month-to-month -month, um kind of rent situation uh thanks to my old landlord um and then we decided to do this again but this time we cleaned out everything we Marie condoed everything that we owned sold everything we had that should be sold um, you know, like those stickers you get in college through like cardio fairs. I had probably seven years worth of those that have, are all condensed now into one place that I would have never thought. <laughs> so really, really like deep cleaning of the things we owned. Um, and we were both hoarders. So it's kind of, you know, slow travel has also been this has a huge impact on how we consume and buy products, because now we only have two check bags each and a cabin bag. 
So we have to be extremely mindful of what we buy and what we replace. Like anything we buy has to have value that it replaces something in the item. Otherwise, we can't fly. So it's been an interesting thing. And then I realized there was this concept, slow travel, that actually explained really well what we wanted to do because people get kept asking us like, oh, are you vacationing? And I was like, no, we're not vacationing, but we're, we are traveling, but we are working all the time. Like we don't take time off. So it was an interesting thing. I didn't know how to explain. And then I stumbled upon this concept of slow travel. Um, so to me, it's definitely a very sustainable form, but it's also a form that really helps you go deep into not just who you are, but like what are the necessities you need to live? We bank, we put a lot of weight on the 10 pairs of shoes we need or like the seven friends we definitely need in our lives. Like, yes, those things are always going to be important, but what is that core? What is the true core circle that you can't live without? And then, you know, kind of identifying like what adds to that in its different concentric circles further out. Mm -hmm. Definitely, 100%, because I was actually just talking about this to someone. Um, I don't think I've taken a vacation in a while, uh, which is shocking because we've been on the go. Um, I think vacation has a very specific intention and the intention tends to be, the connotation is like relaxing if you're going obviously to a beach or resort or something like that, or you're going to explore a place, but it tends to be more on that relaxing, like, I need a break from my current life and I'm going to go escape somewhere for a bit and come back. That's how I kind of think of vacationing. When I think of traveling and exploring and like slow travel, especially, it's just embedded in our lives. Like we have a system. Five days we work day in, day out. My partner's also at a startup. So we're working like seven, like eight, nine a.m. through like 10 p.m. It's not that we're doing anything much beyond that in the day, but every weekend we're exploring. So we lived three months in Mexico City and we went explored a lot of places around, but we weren't vacationing. We were just doing it over the weekend when other people might just relax or just be doing the same routine in their other homes, for example. Um, I definitely think you could use it in either form, but I do see most people using it uh, for vacationing, mainly because you can pick like off the beaten path or touristy. And it is pretty convenient for two to three to like even 30 day trips uh, when you're slow traveling or like exploring as you're living somewhere. I think the way you do it differs a little bit more where you don't need a day-by-day -day itinerary like turn builds. Um, but at the same time, as I mentioned, like I just pick out 20 days and I'll get 
a list of things to do, uh, which kind of helps me out. Um, so it could be used in either way, but I do think more people would use it for vacationing or like shorter trips um, as you're slow traveling. When you take those shorter trips, that could be very useful in that form. Sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, and the truth is, like, even though we are moving into this world where there are more nomads and we believe the nomadic, you know, community is increasing, it's actually not increasing at, you know, the level we'd like it to. Like, it's not that large. People are actually going back to work. People are actually going back to their homes now. Um, so you know, the group of vacationers are definitely still way larger than the group of nomads slash slow travelers. Right. No, I definitely want to make a change. It takes us anywhere from 8 to 20, even 30 hours to plan great trips. And I want that time to be 30 minutes or even less. And at this point, you know, I plan my Tokyo trip um, with Turn um, in March. And it gave me some recommendations within minutes. It took me only about 45 minutes with its help to finalize my plan. Um, so... I think we're definitely getting closer to that goal. But on top of that, one of the trends that I'm, not necessarily trends, but I guess the experience that I'm hearing from people is this this feeling of AI can solve a lot, but needing something that validates or having almost a human in the loop. So the direction turns actually going in is more of a blended approach with AI and being automated along with having human in the loop. So basically, we are now kind of moving towards building AI tools for travel agents because there's a huge, huge market within the millennial and Gen Z space of a lot of people who've traveled a lot, um, building out businesses as independent travel agents um, and almost doing only research work instead of even bookings and making a ton of uh, money. But a lot of us Gen Z millennials aren't even aware of that because we don't know where to find it. Um, and I spoke to a lot of this age group and there is a huge want for something that's cheap that they, you know, people can hand off because today the travelers entering the market today, there's too much information out there. There's way too much. It's too overwhelming. And having someone to help with that really helps. So the world that I kind of foresee is, you know, maybe I love planning and I'm going in a group of six, but I hate booking. Can I kind of plan the items and then hand off that information to a travel agent for them to just do the bookings? Or if you're someone with a young child and you're traveling for the first time, you might just want to spend 50 or 100 bucks and get your plan validated by someone. Or you're stuck somewhere and you need help. Who do you call? Like, you know, your passport's lost in Vietnam. Who are you going to call? 
Um, so these are the kind of functions, the long tail functions of travel agents that I see very useful to be plugged into turn. So I'm creating kind of this blended experience next where you can connect with an agent for whichever function you need, be it validation, full support, just a piece of the puzzle, however you want to kind of chop and slice um, your the work that you need done. Yeah, I think there are quite a few, but one of them that I've noticed, and I'm not particularly sure if we can completely fix this just yet, but, you know, when you go to a new city and you want to do a tour, there are only certain timings that those tours are available. And a lot of times, like, especially in this world where everything's kind of getting more personalized and you can do everything at your own time, it's very inconvenient to have that 9 a.m. tour, but you're getting into Nice at 11 a.m., but you're only there for a day. What do you do? Um, I do think there's some potential of kind of automating these tours or having some sort of, sort of augmented reality where you can point your phone and have that very similar experience of a tour guide taking you around. Um, but at the same time, Google did try something like this a couple of years ago, and they stopped the project. So I'd have to look further into it, but that's something I've been quite uh, curious about. Yeah. Um... So one of my favorite places, and this might sound a little boring, but was Montana. I, I'm from New Delhi and the sky is not as clear. So I never got to necessarily appreciate a clear sky as well. Um, but Montana, like it's called the big sky state for a reason. Like the sky completely looks like a planetarium globe. So my friends ended up having a cabin by Glacier. So, you know, the sky was even clearer. And we were on this deck um, of a lake. And I think I saw five or six shooting stars within 15 minutes. And it was the craziest thing, like the most, I think, heartfelt thing I'd ever I'd seen. Um, so that's definitely one of the top ones. And there are so many hot springs that you can go to. Um very beautiful and quaint with all the mountains around. Um, another one I really loved was Cabo. I went diving in uh, Los Cabos. And if you drive, I think it is close to the other city. I think it's like San Juan. I'm not 100% sure what the other city is to the east. But if you drive to the east, there's actually places where you can stargaze um, and they have the dark sky. So I do really love Cabo for its diving and sky and more nature aspect. Um, but yeah, those those have been some of the top ones. Um, I've also been to a lot of cities. I do love them, but I think um, nature definitely calls me more personally. Um, but one place I'm like, I really want to go to Antarctica. Like that's one thing on my bucket list.
Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Let me think. I think it's the Badlands because I hadn't heard of uh, this the Badlands honestly ever. And I was kind of shocked. It was a really cool place. It feels like you're in a child's playground because it has kind of the squishy texture that a children's playground has. So you're just kind of hiking in these like rocky, squishy things. But if you fell, you would die. But that like doesn't completely compute the same way. So it's a that's a very cool place, I'd say. Yeah, it's um, up north in India, Jammu and Kashmir. So Kashmir is a, it's a pretty political place. Uh, Pakistan and India have been fighting over it for years. Um, I was pretty lucky when I was younger. Um, also, my dad being in the military made it a little more possible to go there. And it's, they call it Jannat, which means heaven on earth. Um, and it definitely is. I think those were some of the most beautiful 11 days I ever spent. I definitely want to go back, but it's been politically a little bit tough. So I've not been able to. Um, and they also over there, there is a pass called, I think it's Zozala Pass, which is one of the most dangerous passes in this world. And it's it's the coolest. I mean, as long as you, you're cool, you're down for a thrill. Um, it's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, so you can find Turn on travelwithturn.com. So that's T-R-A-V-E-L-W-I-T-H-T-E-R-N.com. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. So my, um, you know, travel Instagram is Travelicious, which is T-R-V-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. Um, I just don't have the vowels in travel. Um, and my LinkedIn is just Tavishi Gupta. You'll probably see me. It's not a very common name, um, but I was at Microsoft and I'm building Turn now. Um, and my Twitter is it's Tavishi. So ITS and my name. Yes, it's free to use, but it, it is waitlisted. So if anyone wants to get access early and is willing to give me 20 minutes of their time since we're so early in the journey, um, I'm happy to give them access um, just so I can also get some feedback. Of course, thank you for interviewing me. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode. If you can take 10 seconds out of your day, please spread the travel love by following this podcast and giving it a rating. Or if there's anyone else in your life that has a case of wanderlust, it would mean so much if you shared this episode with them. You can find me sharing even more travel-related content on Instagram at God of Case of Wanderlust and on my personal Instagram at Lydia Schultz, double Z. I also have a travel blog for my extra passionate travelers out there, which can be found at godofcasewanderlust.com. 
and all of this can be found in the show notes.